At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM, let's create. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. The world's number one golf betting show here on VSIN and VSIN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds. Nick Henyon is at the controls as we get ready to take you through the next hour of golf betting conversation. And Mr. Reynolds, they, they got us again, buddy, depriving our audience of a winner as tour journeyman and better than 1,200 to one shot. Jim Herman birdies the 17th hole of the tournament to overtake our play on Billy Horschel and capture the Wyndham Championship. Yeah. The the Hermanator when he goes off he goes <laughs> off it's like it's, it. it's a very rare occurrence for Jim Herman being that he had uh, two top twenty five finishes in the last two seasons but both of those top twenty fives win twenty nineteen Barbasol and then last weekend at the Wyndham I was pulling for you on uh, Billy Horschel and look this is a this is the time of year isn't it where Billy Horschel like really goes off he usually is a very good sneaky FedEx Cup player remember that time a few years ago where I think he won an event and then finished runner up in another. And it's like, this guy's red hot. He needs to be on the Ryder Cup team. And they didn't make the Ryder Cup team, which, of course, uh, was yet another Team USA loss in in that event. But, uh, yeah, Herman, uh, 61-63 on the weekend. That's pretty good. Who's this Marikawa guy, right? Yeah, 129, right. <laughs> uh, 124, lowest score over the final 36 holes. And you had the pain this week. But our friend Justin Ray at the 15th hole reminded me of past pain for me because the last time that 124 was matched on the weekend was uh, – 2010 Greenbrier, Stuart Appleby, shutting mm-hmm. 59. I had Jeff Overton, my Indiana University brethren, who had a three-shot lead going in. He was in the final group. 
got beat by one by a 59 from Stuart Appleby. So that's that's golf pain, and we all have it. I remember that 59, a closing 59, not too shabby for Appleby. Horschel went into Sunday trailing by three shots, and he came out guns a-blazing, shot four under on the front nine, got the lead on the back nine, but he killed us uh, by bogeying the 16th hole and missed out on forcing a playoff. And we had him surrounded once again, our colleague Matt Humans west He had uh, Doc Redman and Kevin Kistner, who both both uh, finished tied for third. I, of course, had Horschel. I also had Webb Simpson, who for the fourth straight year finished top three in this event. And since the restart, we've had a lot of winners. We've had a lot of near misses. But me personally, this is the fifth time I had a guy finish in second place. Yeah, your pain uh, was stateside. Mine was overseas with Connor Syme, the 54-hole leader at the Celtic Classic. Ended up finishing third to Sam Horsfield, a Florida Gator, much like your son. Uh, and uh, he has now won two two events in the last three weeks on the European tour. Keep an eye out for that name when he comes on the PJ tour next year. This kid's going to win and win quickly. The Celtic event on the European tour. Is that why you wore green today? It is. And I, I, I wore, uh, I guess I wore Celtic green. Uh, I just happened to see that uh, Gordon Hayward's out for four weeks for the Celtics, my uh, Brown fellow Brownsburg, Indiana native. Uh, so uh, hopefully he gets back for them. But uh, yeah, going back to the Wyndham, uh, look, Jim Herman, pretty consistent. Third in strokes gained putting, fourth in approach, fifth off the tee, fourth tee to green. Uh, Doc Redman, actually one of Matt's plays, first tee to green and first off the tee. So, you know, that's a birdie fest. That's what it is. My nearest yeah. guy was Russell Henley, who uh, tied for ninth, just never made any birdies late. I thought maybe he could post a number and have these guys shoot at it. But uh, at least you didn't lose a half a million dollars like the better who bet Siwoo oh, Kim after boy. the third round at DraftKings. At, I, I believe I Plus 125. It, yeah, 125 was five to four. That's right. Uh, Had a two-shot lead, or no, a three, no, two-shot lead uh, Saturday night going into Sunday. He was at minus 18. The next closest was minus 16. Horschel was minus 15. Bet half a million bucks on Siwoo at plus 125. That's not a player. And, and Siwoo is very talented, but he is very erratic. He is a boomer bust. This isn't exactly like betting, uh, you know, Rory McIlroy or Bryson DeChambeau or John Rahm with the big lead here. And and, and he went down, but he did rally, uh, ended up tying for third. And uh, look, uh, Jim, back to Jim Herman. Jim Herman and Zach Johnson, who, good call by you, I think, on a top 20, finished tied for seventh. Uh rallied and uh, played their way into the FedEx Cup this week. Yeah, Zach was really impressive, the winner of this year's Payne Stewart Award, and uh, that really turned him on to finish inside the top 10. This is Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you live from the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa on the tip of the strip. Rufus Peabody will join us shortly to help us break down this week's tournament, the Northern Trust. It is Round one of the FedEx Cup playoffs reserved for the top 125 players in the FedEx Cup points standings. And Wes, I want to ask you quickly about Brooks Kepka. Uh, you go back to the PGA Championship, the uh, infamous final round Sunday where he shot 74. His now last three competitive rounds are 74, 72, and 70. He missed the cut at the Wyndham. Uh, what is your assessment? Is the knee still giving him problems? Will he show up this week in Boston and will he get his act together in time for the U.S. Open? You know, I'm wondering about that injury because part of it too is I think that, look, if Brooks Kepka's out of it, and sometimes DJ does this a little bit too, if they're out of it, 
they just kind of go through the motions. Yeah. They're not a guy that grinds like a Tiger Woods, like we saw him way out of it in the PGA on Sunday. He's out there early grinding, trying to get the best round he can, making putts. Uh, and look, you see some of the Bryce's Brooks this week and some of the markets, you know, in the mid uh, or low to mid 30s, about 33 to 1 on average. And, uh, Look, that number is always tempting with him, but you never know when he's going to show up. You see him 33 to 1 here at the Northern Trust, which is a major quality field. Then you see him at the U.S. Open. He's probably like mid-teens. Yeah. So, I mean, the the, the major bias uh, is obviously something that the betters in the market think is very, very real. Danny Willett has really fallen off the pace since she shot 82 on Sunday at the Memorial. He did not make the playoffs. Siwoo Kim, who we mentioned, who was in the lead, the 54-hole leader at the Wyndham, he He's really gotten awful hot, made eight straight cuts in a row, had a top 20 finish, two top 15s, and then, of course, finished third at the Wyndham. He is in the playoffs, and so is Patrick Reed, uh, your defending champion here at the Northern Trust. He has two top 10s and a top 15 in his last four A lot of people that like him this week, too, and I can't disagree, even though he did not make my card. Similar conditions uh, this week in Norton, Massachusetts, as we saw last week in Greensboro, high humidity, uh, very little threat of wind there. There is a threat of some thunder, uh, thunder showers. Temperatures in the mid-80s. Looks like 10-mile-an-hour winds is about the high-water mark here for TPC Boston. And uh, in the Boston area, that is where our guest hails from. It is time to bring in our guest. It is the member guest segment here on Long Shots, and we rec- welcome in professional sports better, a personal friend, one of my golfing buddies, a multi-time contributor here on VEASAN. He is Rufus Peabody. You can follow him on Twitter, at Rufus Peabody, and also catch him as the co-host of the Bet the Process podcast. Rufus, thank you so much for always joining us. Good to have you back here on Long Shots. You are not too far there from TPC Boston up in the Northeast. Tell us, give us some local insight about the track and what kind of player... What kind of skill set might this layout favor this week? Well, first off, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, second, you know, I, I would love to give you some local insight, but they haven't really let me on that course. Um, I believe it's a private course, and, you know, I'm uh, I'm not in Boston long enough to really try to gain membership. Not that they would probably have me anyway with the way my golf game is right now. But I do have some insight in the course just from the numbers. Um, and Overall, it doesn't really favor any specific type of golfer. It, it is, it's, a, it's a kind of track where anybody playing well really has a, a chance. If you look at the guys who have the best course history there, uh, Gary Woodland, Siwoo Kim, Paul Casey, Louis Oosthuizen, Brian Stewart, Brant Snedeker. Those are the guys that, uh, according to my numbers, have overperformed um, their baseline the most at this particular course. And if you look there, you don't really see a lot of patterns there. Um, you you have you I mean those guys tend to be pretty good all around players. Um, Stewart's obviously a guy that isn't long and is very straight. Um, you know Woodland puts it out there good ways. But if you look at the bad side of course history, Ryan Moore has been awful there. He's um, underperformed by about 30 strokes. Um, he's also in that sort of Brian Stewart mold. He's not a long hitter, but very accurate. Um, and then also on the bad side of course history, Cameron Tregale, Bubba Watson, Justin Rose, Kevin Na. So um, there's not that that kind of fits with with what I found overall too. That there really isn't a ton. Um, that there isn't one sort of skill set that uh, this course really favors. Um, and if you look at it hole by hole and look at what people have done on it in the past. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of flexibility. There's there's very few holes where you have to hit a driver. Uh, if you look th- at the sort of average driving distance on 
holes. There's a bunch that are in the 280s range, which basically indicates to me that some guys are going to be hitting a driver and some guys are probably going to be hitting three wood. Three wood. Um, there's a few in the 250 range. But, I mean, I think it, it really is the kind of course where um, if you're a good driver of the golf ball, if you're like Rory, you can hit a bunch of drivers. Um, if you're a Henrik Stenson, you can hit your three wood. Um, and you don't really, you're not having to sort of play out of your comfort zone. But the one very interesting thing to me is that it's a course where course history is not particularly predictive. Meaning that guys like Orion Moore, it wouldn't surprise me if he actually plays really well, despite being so bad at this course in the past. Um, course history, how guys have done in the past has had very little to no impact on how they actually play there. So um, those are kind of some tidbits I've seen. Um, also, it is a, it's a higher variance course than Sedgefield. Sedgefield, you had some very low rounds last week. Um, obviously, Jim Herman. Uh, but... Overall, it's a course with not a lot of round-to-round variants. There aren't a ton of really, really high scores out there. Um, you're not, you don't have a ton of separation, I guess. Whereas, um, this is a course that is a little bit more usual in this regard. It, you know, there are more high numbers that, that can be had, and I think there will be a little more separation um, and more randomness. Rufus, in terms of uh, how you might be attacking the board this week, there's a little bit of counterbalance here because more often than not, you get these FedEx Cup events, Northern Trust, BMW, and whatnot. It's usually going to be a class player or a guy that was playing well for a certain time frame. But you kind of look at this, and, and then you got to factor in that only the top 70 move into the uh, BMW next week at Olympia Field. So do you look a little bit more down the board for some of these bubble boys that maybe could emerge? We saw it last week at Sedgefield with Herman and Zach Johnson and Shane Lowry playing their way into the field. Yeah, uh, you know, I think a guy like Herman last week, I guess you could make an argument that he really didn't have much to lose. So he might as well just gun at every every flag um, because he's, you know, to, to get in, he needed to, I guess he needed a solo second, I believe. Um, he obviously did one better than that. But I, I don't personally look at it. I, I tend to think overall that players are going to be playing their best regardless, or, or at least trying to play their best. But, I mean, I guess the argument could be that guys in outside of the top 100 are going to play higher variance strategies, go after pins, et cetera, whereas guys maybe in the, like, 60 range, guys that basically need to make the cut to move on are going to play it safer. Um, play to the middle of the greens, just make sure you make the cut. And it's, it's an easier event to make the cut just given the fact that it's a smaller field, only 125 people. So, I mean, I, I can see how it can have a strategic impact, but I've never actually looked at that in my own handicapping. Rufus Peabody's our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at Rufus Peabody, professional sports better and a friend of the network here, VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Rufus, uh, you mentioned it in your opening answer there about the golf course that you look at numbers, and I know that about you. You have a, a math model for virtually every sport that you handicap. couple questions here. How is golf different uh, from the other sports that you apply the, the model to? And also, how do you account for some of the intangibles? Are you able to quantify some of the things uh, in your model that you might not think are able to? Well, golf is, it's a mix of art and science, which I think most sports really are. Um, but it, it really gives you, um, I mean, you have to, you ask questions of the data and you try to get an answer and you try to take an approach that sort of allows you to sort of 
discern what is random versus what isn't. So, but there, a lot of times you don't get a definite answer. I mean, a good example of that and these sort of quote like unquantifiable things that you try to quantify uh, is Brooks Koepka and majors. You know, I can look back and I could say like he's this this big outlier in terms of how he performs uh, relative to his expectation in majors. And overall, there is some predictive skills. There are certain guys that that do play better in majors. And the, but, but I look at that and I say, okay, what would be the sort of impetus for that? Why would a, one guy play better in a major? Uh, I guess controlling for. Um, you know, how difficult the course is and things like that. I would think a guy that plays well in majors um, would also play well on difficult tracks. But, I mean, I think in w one aspect would be uh, that these guys, like the top guys are sort of prepping for this. They're, they're sort of targeting the majors uh, for the preparation. They spend time at those courses, that kind of thing. Um, whereas a guy like... Um, I don't know, a Sung JM or a, I'm just literally looking at the names on your board right now, but um, some of those guys are, aren't really uh, gearing up for the majors. They're just playing every week and just trying to uh, do the best they can. Whereas guys that, um, but, but Kafka still stands out there. And, and so do I give him the full credit for like how much he's overperformed there according to my model? Or do I say, okay, like there's, you know, some of this is, is randomness of course. Um, and so that that's one of those things where you don't really have a good answer. And in in general, if you're trying to figure out how they're different from regular events, you only have a sample size in the last 20 years of what 80 majors. Um, actually, I guess a little bit less now because uh, uh, you only had one major so far this year. But uh, so so a lot of it, you really have to sort of take your general knowledge of uh, of what is skill and what is luck, and, and sort of uh, and make an educated guess. And I, I mean, a lot of what I do is is the model averaging too. I mean, I sort of I'll, I will do things a few different ways and and try to see if my numbers robust to these differences. Like I don't want to be making a huge bet against Adam Scott simply because he hasn't played um, ex except one tournament in the last six months. You know, so that that's the kind of thing where overall I would be docking him a lot for that lack of play. But maybe I say, okay, well let's. Let, let, let's sort of um, let, let's sort of lessen that a little bit and see what my number turns out there. Rufus, uh, kind of piggybacking off that, when you look at your models, uh, do you find more often than not that your models indicate, okay, these are guys I want to bet on, and these are guys that stand out to me, or do they kind of spit out where it's like, well, these are guys I want to fade more often than not? Do you find that it that it moves one way or the other? You know, it goes both ways. It feels like recently it's been much more guys that I'm on. There are certain guys that I'm never, really never on, on outrights especially. Uh, so, uh, I mean, but Spieth was one of those guys for a long time, and now recently I've actually had a little bit of value on Spieth in some matchups, and I think that there's potentially, depending on the line, you can get some value taking um, – if you can get like plus 125 or higher on Spieth against Daniel Berger this week. So uh, generally, though, it, it has been guys that I'm on repeatedly. Rom is a great example. I, I've been betting Rom, it seems like, every week for the last, I don't know, year. <laughs> it, it's I feel like he's been perennially, perennially undervalued. Rory's another guy I've been on a lot recently. He's a great driver of the golf ball, which is... Uh, you know, which is, I would say, the premier skill, I guess, in golf. 
being able to drop, hit the ball long and hit it straight. And his short game has struggled a bit recently, but I still think I still think he's one of the top golfers in the world. Um, he's in that elite group. Um, you know, I've been on Billy Horschel a lot. He uh, came up just short last week, unfortunately, but um, I'm probably going to be on him again in the future. So. Rufus, talk to me about who you're on this week. I'm with you on John Rahm. Uh, he's one of my plays this week, and I thought I found some value with Jordan Spieth, too. I took him in a matchup at plus 130 against Terrace English. How about uh, who's on your schedule this week? Actually, I think that, might, that matchup I was quoting actually might have been English, not um, Berger. Okay. Sorry. So, I, so, you know, I think we're, we're, we're uh, in agreement there. But I like Rory outright at 15 to 1 or better. I actually make that number 12 to 1 again. Um, during his struggles since the restart, he's actually played to his baseline off the tee. He's where he struggles is his short game mostly. And so that's something that that tends to be there. There can be a lot of week to week variance there. I feel like it's easier to sort of get that back than it is to figure out how to hit the ball straight. And that's what the sort of numbers bear out. So that's one reason I'm, I'm on him. Um, Shoffley, I, I mean, I, I, I like Rom as well, depending on the price you can get. I have a small edge there on outrights. Um, Shoffley is close to a play. I make him about 20 to 1. He's a very good all-around player. And surprising guy, Ryan Moore, I like it 150 to 1. He's cost me a lot of money recently. His uh, bogey to miss the cut on 18 last week was particularly costly for me, especially in DFS. But he's, again, he's struggled around the greens, too. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, and he's narrowly missed a, a couple of cuts. And if you're looking at something like, you know, you see an MC, you know, you don't see that he actually was one shot off the cut, you know. And, and he's been in that situation um, a few times, if I recall correctly, since the restart. Rufus, i uh, got about one minute here before we have to hit a break. Anybody you've already targeted for the U.S. Open here at a few weeks at Wingfoot? I have not thought about the U.S. Open yet. <laughs> I, I take it one week, week at a time. Yeah. Have you? I, I know Wingfoot is obviously a private course as well. Have you taken a look or seen anything about this course? I, I've uh, just started to dabble in some of my research. It appears extremely difficult, Rufus. You talk about hitting it long and straight. I think that's going to be emphasized big time at the U.S. Open. I mean, that, that tends to be the premier skill at the U.S. Open. And, you know, U.S. Opens have changed a little bit over the years. You've had, I guess, Aaron Hills. You've had, um, uh, what was the one out in Washington? Um, uh, Chambers, Chambers Bay. Bay. There, yeah. yeah, Chambers Bay. You know, so the USGA has changed up a little bit. But um, so, as I said, I haven't done any research yet on it, but it'll be interesting to see if it's, if it's sort of one of these newer types versus uh, sort of a traditional one like Marion, our Olympic, where you basically just have to put the ball in the fairway. Yeah, I think it's going to be the latter there, more traditional. The last time they were here in 2006, the leaderboard was littered with, you know, Steve Strickers and Jim Furyk and, and that type of typical U.S. Open player. Rufus, great to speak with you. Have a good week in golf, and thanks for joining us here on Long Shots. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Rufus. All right, that is Rufus Peabody. Follow him on Twitter, at Rufus Peabody, and check him out, his Bet the Process podcast, one of the best out there. We'll come back and talk Tiger Woods here on Long Shots. Wes Reynolds and Brady Cannon with you on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. From the Indeed.com studio, find the high impact, hire your business needs at Indeed.com slash high impact. That's Indeed.com slash high impact for more information. It is the Tiger Tracker segment here on Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you taking a look at Tiger Woods and what he is up to. He is in the field for round one of the FedEx Cup playoffs. He sits in the 49th spot in the FedEx Cup points list, and he is coming off of a 37th place finish at the PGA Championship. He should be able to advance to round two of the playoffs relatively easily where the top 70 will advance. Uh, that will be the BMW Championship coming up next week in Illinois at Olympia Fields, but it'll be a little bit tougher for him to get into the top 30 West and make the tour championship. He's going to have to have a couple good weeks in a row to crack the top, uh, to crack the top 30. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Tiger is a former winner here back in 2006, uh, back when it was called the Deutsche Bank championship at TPC Boston, where it ran from 03 to 2018. But, uh, he hasn't really played it a lot uh, in recent years. I think he had a third, I want to say, back in uh, 14 or 15, uh, just looking at my form sheet here. Actually, excuse me, it was 2012. But this course did get a redesign from the last time he won. I don't think that would necessarily disqualify him or qualify him one way or the other. This is a Gil Hans redesign, much like uh, it was a Palmer original, but Gil Hans uh, redesigned this much like he did Doral. Uh, Trump National Doral, Plainfield, Ridgewood, which are regular stops in New Jersey for the Northern Trust. So, he is uh, the uh, in vogue redesigner, isn't he? He is. He is. And he's designed, and I use that in a couple of my plays, that Gil Hans angle, because I think it plays more like his course than it does what you would see like a traditional Palmer at a place like Bay Hill. But look, he has one on the course before. I think it's not really the FedEx cup or the money that motivates him. I think what's going to motivate him. And I would assume he's at least going to play the next two events. I don't know if he can make the tour championship. He's going to need a good finish. Certainly at one of these two events to do so. But 
I think he just wants to get reps. I think getting reps and maybe, you know, and I even kind of thought about him this week because, of course, uh, he was all over. He was on the media. Some of the morning shows this morning showed one of his interviews that he did with uh, Golf Digest on a Skype or something. And he caddied for his son, Charlie, yeah. this weekend, who won a nine-hole event. He was, uh, I forget what the name of the event was called, but he was under par and he was the only player under par. So, uh we have uh, to look forward maybe to another Woods going off at even money at all these tournaments and us trying to beat him on the outright market and failing miserably like we all did for several years. But anyway, maybe that put Tiger in a good frame of mind. You know, my boy, I was out there sure. carrying the bag and my boy uh, did pretty well. So I think you're going to see him at least have a one good performance, whether it's at the Northern Trust or at the BMW. He's going to have some kind of quality performance, I think, going into the U.S. Open. And I've mentioned He's somebody I'm eyeing for the U.S. Open. And at anything in the high 20s, I think would be fair. I'd like to get as much as I can, you know, take the best of it. But look, uh, he, he just needs to show maybe a little bit of a sign, I think, over the next two weeks. And then I think I'd be more comfortable saying, OK, he can make a go at this. Well, we will likely see him over the course of the next two weeks, as you mentioned, maybe three if he gets into the Tour Championship. Uh, we will not see him the week before the U.S. Open, uh, the Safeway Open out in Napa, California. Uh, he never plays the week before a major. Plus, he's probably not going to go from one side of the country to the other. No. And Wes, I know you're really fancying him for the U.S. Open. Would you prefer that he plays twice before it? or gets three full events in before the U.S. Open? Because I think at this point in Tiger's career, there's a real balancing act between getting getting enough reps, as you say, getting enough tournament competition under his belt versus staying healthy. Mm -hmm. I would say twice. And look, he has won the Tour Championship before on multiple occasions at Eastlake. So if he gets there, he's certainly going to be a threat to win that event. And, and he's done it even pretty recently has had success there despite all the injuries. But I would at least like to see him play two weeks. Uh, if he doesn't make the top 30, obviously he's won the FedEx cup before uh, $15 million for the winner. That's a drop in the bucket though, for Tiger Woods for, <laughs> for his career. That's not something that necessarily gets him up out of bed. He's not mad at the money, but that's not what's going to drive him at this point. Well, 15 million will get just about anybody's attention. It'd get I think, mine. I think including Tiger. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I kind of wonder if he is just intent on making it two weeks mm -hmm. get, and getting eight rounds of golf in and then heading to upstate New York, or I should say the Long Island area, to take on winged foot for the U.S. Open. We will talk major implications in the next segment, talk about Tiger Woods. He made his way up there for a practice round this week already, snuck one in on us. We'll come back on long shots right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network.
course that rates the highest in each factor is Bally High Golf Club, a tropical golf course paradise located on the Las Vegas Strip and in the shadows of some of the most famous hotels in the world. At Bally High, designed by award-winning architects Brian Schmidt and Lee Curley, you will find hundreds of mature palm trees, lagoon-like water features, beautiful bunkering, and a stunning clubhouse, home to Sealy Restaurant and an indoor-outdoor patio experience and event space. The course offers Bluetooth technology, caddies upon request, jello shots, model-like beverage cart staff, VIP service from curb to course and back again, high-quality food and beverage, and a par-3 challenge where you can double your money with one swing. The stunning Bally High Golf Club, located in the heart of the Las Vegas Strip, is a golf jackpot, and there are many reasons why. Play today to learn more about the Bally High experience or reserve your tee time. Call 888-427-6678. Or visit BallyHighGolfClub.com. That's B-A-L-I-H-A-I GolfClub.com. It is our major implications segment. The next major championship on the calendar is the United States Open Championship at Winged Foot. It is just five weeks away, and seeing that we are in the Northeast this week, West Tiger Woods and Justin Thomas, they stopped off at Winged Foot and got in a practice round on Monday. Not an uncommon practice. We've seen this a number of times over the years from many prominent players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Got to get some look at it, and uh, who knows if it's the current USGA setup or if there's going to be some adjustments here over the next month, I suspect that there will be. But I'm with you. What we were talking about with Rufus Peabody earlier, I'm more in the latter category. I think it is going to play more like a traditional U.S. Open. It's not going to be an Aaron Hills where Brooks Kepka and all these guys are shooting double digits under par. I'm not sure that the winning score is going to be five over the last time I was there when it was Jeff Ogilvie. But, uh, you know, you're probably looking at, three maybe i would guess at least i'm not not an official projection yet but two to four or five under par i I would think uh you know i don't think they want to totally bury these guys but i think they want to make it a tough (laughs) yeah yeah maybe they do but i kind of i mean you you talk about the aaron hills they're probably still stinging from from that one uh the pga i thought was brilliant but Mm -hmm. uh the usga looks at that and they're they're probably thinking minus 13 is a little too high that's always the the big story more than any other major going in in terms of how is the course going to play what is the usga going to do and Sometimes they get it dead on, and then sometimes you got the players whining and complaining, which they'll do anyway if they're not shooting 25 under par. Oh, gosh, it was so hard. I was like, we need more hard courses. You you know, you never hear the guys complain on regular tour events like 22 under. It's too easy. Maybe a few guys do, but for the most part, these guys like making birdies, and they don't like grinding, but that's what you have to do at the U.S. Open. I, I think they do like a good balance. I think they enjoyed the PGA Championship. We know how much they like uh, TPC Memphis, mm-hmm. TPC Southwind in Memphis. I thought both those events played fair. Yeah. Where you Very had, hard, but where, you, you if can you get hit a few good holes. shots, yeah. you got rewarded. Right. But if you didn't, you got punished, and that's the way it should be in some of these majors and WGC events. So, uh, look, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I always like the U.S. Open. It's my favorite major, personally. I know you're a Masters guy, and most people are Masters guys. I know Humans likes the Open Champ or British Open, as he would call it. I call it the Open Championship. But anywho, uh, th- those are our favorite majors for different reasons. U.S. Open's my favorite major because I think it's the hardest test of the year. And that's what I like. I like seeing these guys have to grind for pars and make 15-foot par saves and and do that. And, and, and you know, where it punishes them a little bit. You miss the fairway. Hey, you're in deep stuff, you know, so we can all relate to it. Absolutely. As just fans and play weekend hackers and whatnot. So uh, 
I'm looking forward to it. I always like it. It is uh, our national championship yep. as NBC, uh, and it is going to be back on NBC this year. So we get that great Yanni in celebration of man theme back, which I heard last <laughs> weekend at the U.S. Amateur, which was held out at Bandon Dunes, which is really entertaining golf on Sunday. But so I like having that back. It just feels like the U.S. Open belongs on NBC. Yeah, Johnny Miller, we'll see if he steps back into the booth for this one. But uh, we alluded to it with Rufus Peabody, and he talked about driving uh, total driving, I guess, if you will, being long and straight, maybe being his most important statistic. And I think that is going to be most important at the U.S. Open. I believe the rough is going to be probably worse than Harding Park. I think the course will play tougher than Harding Park. I think there's really going to be a premium on driving accuracy. And I think the no fans is really going to make a difference this year because uh, the galleries typically contain a lot of errant mm-hmm. shots, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they also trample down the rough. So that's you know, a very you, good point. You might hit one awry, and uh, the gallery's there, and they've trampled down the rough, and and there's no problem. Well, they're not going to be there this year. I, I think this thing you're going to have to look hard at driving accuracy, and it's going to play really hard. And and I think there's a big difference uh, between being in that two to three inch intermediate cut and being in that five to six inch deep stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, cause you're in that deep stuff. You're basically like, well, I need to save bogey and be happy and take my medicine and take my five and move on or take my five or six and just move on to the next hole. Uh, when you're in the intermediate cut, you can still do a little bomb and gouge, but it's not going to be like most of these events where, okay, I'm going to hit the crap out of it as hard as I can. And if it goes in the, if miss a fairway, I can still get it there with a wedge or a short iron. You're going to have to take medicine on some of these holes. Yeah. And not only are the holes long, but there's a lot of dog legs out there too. I think it's going to be a very difficult event. Now, uh, last week you mentioned uh, you were kind of leaning on uh, making a play on Tiger. I know we both mentioned Tommy Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. Have you taken any action coming into this week of long? I shots? have not, but I'm probably going to maybe over the next week or two get at least a couple early ones like I did for the PGA. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood likely will be one of them. He loves New York. Uh, first round he came over uh, uh, during the uh, restart before he started the actual competitive play. He played at Shinnecock Hills and shot a 64. Now, not exactly a USGA setup, but not exactly an easy course either at Shinnecock. So he loves this these these New York majors, and uh, I think he could rise to the occasion. And then you look at those short prices just to see Brooks Kepka 33-1 to 1 this week and 12-1 to 1 at the U.S. Open. Uh, it's it's amazing. So the, the major Kepka is already uh, very much factored into the market. Yeah, Rufus talked about that as well, and that is an interesting phenomenon. Uh, Brooks Kepka is a different player in the majors. Tommy Fleetwood, of course, still at thirty to one. Uh, Xander Shoffley at twenty to one. He's seeing some action. Dustin Johnson and John Rahm and Rory McIlroy all at sixteen. And sure enough, Mister Major himself, Brooks Kepka, the king right now at twelve to one, sharing co-favoritism there with Bryson DeChambeau. I don't know. Bryson might be on my fade list because you've got to be so straight. I Yeah, he can't miss fairways here. You cannot miss fairways. It's fairways and greens. So the ball strikers, the guys of the greens and regulation, the strokes gained approach, that's going to really matter this week. We could end up with a Jim Furyk, Steve, uh, Steve Stricker, Jeff Sluman, Ryan Moore type leaderboard, man. I'm all for it. Let's have some chaos. <laughs> Let's get to our plays for the Northern Trust. We return and break down round one of the FedEx Cup play right here on Long Shots. Humans, Reynolds, and Cannon, all our plays for the week. Keep it here.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. This is Long Shots final segment, the match play segment where we throw out all of our plays, Matt Humans, Wes Reynolds, and myself, all the plays that we are making this week. It is round one of the FedEx Cup playoffs. It'll be a three-week affair. Next week, the BMW Championship, and then they wrap it up at East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta for the Tour Championship. We start in Norton, Massachusetts at TPC Boston, and we'll begin with Matt Humans' plays. Doesn't have any head-to-head matchups or uh, top 10, top 20 type stuff up there just yet but five outrights Justin Thomas one of his favorite players he likes to bet Thomas week in and week out and uh, hey you, you can't argue with that too much 13 to 1 what, what, go well, ahead. I was going to say uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Justin Thomas the last two winners here at TPC Boston when it was still the uh, Dell Technologies Championship and uh, look up uh, they're the co-favorites, and, and why wouldn't they be? Yep, absolutely. I mean, you DeChambeau, Rom, McElroy, uh, Thomas, it's a coin flip, and they're all in that neighborhood of 13 or 14 to 1. Uh, Shoffley, there's those two favorite players right there, Justin Thomas and Xander Shoffley. Shoffley, a pretty good number there at 20. I was really hoping to get better than 20, uh, but it dipped down quickly. He's already into the neighborhood of 17 or 18 to 1. Uh, Webb Simpson coming off another top three finish at the uh, Wyndham. He's uh, got him at 30 to 1. Jason Day, the Australian, coming off of a very good performance at the PGA Championship at 32 to 1. And then Tony Finau, another guy who comes off of a great performance at the PGA Finau at 40 to 1. And I believe with Webb, I believe he, do, he does have Paul Tesori back on the bag. Uh, he was uh, missing for about a week dealing with some uh, injuries. So that always makes Webb a better player to have Paul Tesori. He's very reliant, and why not? Because he's one of the best. Uh, pro jocks out there. Uh, I'll transition to my plays really quickly if we want to do so, because Matt and I match up on two of these, and uh, one of them being Jason Day. And I mm-hmm. recall back PGA weekend, I had a uh, fellow golf handicapper who's an excellent golf handicapper named Josh Perry, and we had a tweet, a Twitter exchange. He's like, you know, Jason Day is going to go off 
at like 25 to one and win. And that's when he's going to win when we were getting him at 50 to 60 to one. And I tweeted back at him. I go Northern trust, lock it up. (laughs) And here I am betting him for the Northern trust. He's seemingly fairly popular this week, but look, this is a guy that I believe uh, led the field in strokes gained approach at the PGA was second in greens and regulation. He's hitting the ball about as well as he has in, in years. It's just, can he get the putter going? The short game has always been the strength for Jason day, especially around the green. He gets up and down and, and, and saves par a lot of times when most players are going to make bogeys. So Jason Day, I, I think he's he's back, and he's going to win one here soon. And I said the same thing about Finau because I kind of joked as uh, Jim Herman was winning the Wyndham. I go, must remember that Jim Herman has three PGA Tour wins next time I click submit on Finau and <laughs> kind of joking around, and Finau kind of bared the brunt of it because we know the story. He's got 31 top 10s since 2016-17, and hasn't had a win since that Puerto Rico Open back in 2016. But, look, he's right there. I mean, he was there at the PGA. He's going to break through at some point. Uh, Let me jump in here real quick, Uh, and we match up on a few this week. I am on Jason Day and Tony Finau as well, and Rufus Peabody touched on this too. We've seen historically with this golf course, TPC Boston, um, that driving is not a, a stat that you need to pay attention to a whole lot. There's been shorter hitters here. There's been bombers here, but I think most of all, you don't need a lot of accuracy. T to green, basically. Yeah, you can bang the ball out there, and that's exactly what Jason Day and Tony Finau do. Yeah, they do, and uh, so uh, so I definitely like them. And then another one that I see we match up on is Adam Scott. Yes, sir. I just felt was kind of disrespected, and I think a lot of the reason why Adam Scott's 50-1 to here and not probably in the 30 range where he should be is because he only has one event that he's played. He played the PGA Championship, played pretty solid, actually putted the ball really well. Played really well. Yeah. And for three of the four days, he was absolutely a factor. But one of the things that got me on Adam Scott this week was the fact, number one, he has won on this course before. He was actually his first PGA Tour win, I think, was right here at TPC Boston in the first uh, uh, Deutsche Bank Championship in 03. But Scott, if you recall last December, he won the Australian PGA Championship after the President's Cup. And then he didn't play for about two and a half months. And where did he return? He returned to a course where he's had success and was a previous winner, and that was Rivier era for the Genesis Invitational, he went on and won that. So he's not necessarily off that long of a layoff, but I don't, I think the rust thing is overrated with Adam Scott. And I think seems to be right. He is starting to play better. And, uh, I, I, I just I could see him going going very well here. I don't think that it's going to bother him not having a ton of reps. So we did match on that. And then uh, looking at, I know you mentioned uh, Johnny Rom earlier and uh, there he is on the card at 14 to one. Yeah. You know, and, and Rufus talked about this, too, that he's been betting Rom, you know, week in and week out for a year. And I know he feels the same way about Rory McIlroy. And you and I talked about it. Rory, Rom, Justin Thomas, Kepka, take your pick. I right? almost I almost bet Rory this week he's a two-time winner on this course but I kind of figured you know what maybe I just gotta let him win you know maybe if he beats me at 14 to 1 he beats me but I know that he is going to win at some point because he's Rory McIlroy and I know you're a big fan Rufus is a big fan I'm a big fan of Rory I always have liked him just on a personal level let alone as as a golfer but uh He's going to win at some point, but he hasn't really fired. I think he's been all of the events that have happened this year, and he's even been very candid about it. He's like, 
you know, this is really throwing me off. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what to do. I'm not used to no spectators. And and I'm with you. I, I'm not going to jump in until I see something different. Mm-hmm. And, and and I love watching the guy, and, and it's not like he's played poorly, but he hasn't really even been recording a lot of top 10 no, finishes. So, no. so I'll take one of those other favorites like Rom or Thomas, which I've been on a couple of times this summer, and I'll go ahead and avoid uh, uh, Rory McIlroy for now. Tony Finau is... You know, he he's had uh, three out of his last four starts. He's finished top 10 mm-hmm. and he comes off of a really good uh, PGA championship. And I thought maybe this is his spot where he's going to get that second win. You talked about it. You know, hey, why not? Why not at the PGA championship? I don't think it's going to happen at a major, but it just might happen here. I have a good feeling about Finau this week. And I, I tell you, a guy that I love right now, who's the defending champion, it was at a different golf course. Uh, they played at Liberty National last year, but I think Patrick Reed mm-hmm. red hot right now. Uh, and I think this course, the way we're going to separate the men from the boys, I talked about, I'm not putting in a lot of emphasis uh, as far as driving the ball. Uh, but I think it's going to be on approach and around the greens. And there's really no better short game on the planet than Patrick Reed. Exactly. And I definitely took a hard look at him. He was one of the last guys I left off. Uh, look, what you said about Finau is true. He was fourth uh, here two years ago at TPC Boston. He was runner up the week before when it was the Northern Trust at, at Ridgewood, which is a Gil Hans uh, renovation, right, much right. like TPC Boston. He was runner-up to Bryson DeChambeau. So, look, you haven't seen a lot of the adjustments. Finau is still mostly in these elite fields, kind of in that 40-to-1 range. I thought that and, was a nice price. Yeah. You know? I mean, what, I what was thought he for he the PGA? Wasn't he closer to 30 or something? Yeah, he was, in the, he was around the same range, but... You're not really seeing the adjustments on him, and and I still think you're getting square prices for a guy that's getting up there in the top ten. And one of the things, somebody asked me about if there's a bias in terms of the top fives, top tens, top twenties, and I think they really keep it true to form on on that because it would seem like maybe a couple books may shade it a little bit on fee now because it's like he doesn't win, but a top ten he's money, right? You know, so you but but I think they by and large stay true to form. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention in terms of the short price guys we talked about with the Rory DeChambeau, Thomas. John Rahm. I went with the fifth option there. He's kind of right in that range, and that was Dustin Johnson. Yeah. And I simply went with Dustin Johnson because he fits the course profile. A lot of this is the Gil Hans angle. He won at Plainfield right. uh, back in 2011. Uh, the putter was really, he played well enough, and I know you had him for the BGA. He played well enough to win. Absolutely. He just got beat. Yeah, it's not you're, anything you're right. he did wrong. Shot a 68 on Sunday. Yeah. That's not too shabby. Yeah, fifth in the field, strokes gain putting, and he's on the bent grass. It's not bent poa, but it's bent grass, and he's pretty. He's usually better on this, a little bit better than he is on Bermuda. Right. He's just got to improve on the tee to green game, and if he can do that, he's going to be absolutely right there. And I felt he was kind of the ignored guy if you want to take like the top five or six in the market this week. Well, I felt similar at the PGA. You know, everybody's looking at Kepka, you know, Mister Major, and all that stuff, and I felt nobody had a better record. Uh, on the West Coast than DJ. He almost got there. Uh, my outright plays, I basically did the same thing as far as top five, top 10, top 20 finishes. And uh, let's take a look at some of your matchups, Wes. Uh, I saw you had a matchup there. Uh, I believe Abraham Answer over Sun JM was yeah, it? And, and I, I, I looked at that one as well. And I did use Abraham Answer on the outright at 60 to 1. Uh, a lot of people don't know who he is. He's the number 25 player in the world. 
So he is a really good player. He just hasn't had that breakthrough win here stateside. He's won internationally a couple times. He was second in this event last year. That was at Liberty National to Patrick Reed, the eventual winner. He's had three runner-ups in the last calendar year. He was the 54-hole leader, actually, here at TPC Boston two years ago, which uh, DeChambeau eventually won before he uh, answer slipped to seventh place. Really good all-around game. He's not right at the top when I submit those statistics every week. Approach, tee to green. He's not, like, right at the top, but he's right the level below. So you know he's just really solid. It's not like he excels at one thing. He's pretty good all-around and everything. So answer was a guy I used. Sun J.M., look, he played very well last week, but I wasn't sure if maybe that was just the product of an easier course or what that was. But answer, now answer, answer did not play last week. No, right? Sunjay did. Right. And I think it's a good fate of Sunjay here because again, the guy has played so many weeks in a mm-hmm. row and I think it showed, uh, I, I can't remember if it was last week or I, I think it was at the PGA. I, I can't recall, but I was basically going against him for fatigue reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and here we are again, he's playing and he again. Time's off. Exactly. And then uh, my last 60 to one shot, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, that was just buying on the drift here because he was like in the 40 range or the yeah. high 30s at the PGA. After. He ticked people off. Yeah, <laughs> and because he, he followed because he gained 10 strokes putting in Memphis and then he regressed the next week. So now people have forgotten about him. Now, not a bad play at all. He seems to show up in big events. We'll see if he does this week at the Northern Trust at TPC Boston in Norton, Massachusetts. Next week, it's round two of the FedEx Cup playoffs. They'll be at Olympia Fields in Illinois. And to join us and help break us down, here on Long Shots will be Lou Ford, a friend of the network. Remember, folks, it's VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Enjoy the golf, everybody. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.